Salutations, uh, and welcome to the Politibabble podcast, where we break down political themes and discuss what really matters to you, from the youth, for the youth. I'm Oliver, and as usual, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Archibald Elliot. And uh, today, well, sadly we don't have a guest, but this is our first time back uh, for, well, my first time ever. Obviously Archie's back again, but for Series 4, and so... To start off with, we thought, oh, we'll just do it by ourselves. And we've got some wacky new theme music as well, which I suppose... Exciting. Exciting, exciting indeed, yes. Uh, Well, unfortunately, we don't have a guest, as you've mentioned, Oliver. But if you do want to become a guest on the podcast, do drop us a message. Let us know what political topic you're particularly interested in, and we'll... Try it. We'll fit you in. Obviously, if you're youth, uh, you're even more welcome. Mm-hmm. And you can give us a message on uh, any of our social media pages, and and we'll get back to you hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed, we will. Um, yeah. So yeah, here we are back back for season four, and we have a key question today: of Are we in a democratic crisis? I think it's it's quite a what some people might say is straightforward but there's a lot of nuance within it but how how was your week first Oliver um my week's been wow it's been a long week actually cuz i've finished my GCSEs so i'm i'm glad of that you're free yeah and that was on that was on thursday afternoon so it feels like I've, it's been like two weeks since then cuz i've been rehearsing all weekend mm-hmm. um so yeah now of the life of Youth retirement, <laughs> only for a few months, and still busy with lots of other commitments. Where's your pension, Oliver? Where's your pension? Non-existent. <laughs> uh, well, I must say, um, it's it's nice to have you on. We've yeah. obviously, I've been, we've been abandoned by our previous co-hosts, but I suppose abandoned for maybe a, for a better person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, hopefully we'll have them back soon as a guest. Um, yes, that will be but, nice. But, but what about yourself, Archie? What What have you been up to over the past week or so? And obviously today, bank holiday. I know, I, I've I've been busy with uh, history work and music work, alas. Uh, so I have been working all weekend. But I know we have been I've been planning for Palisababo, I suppose, and been reading quite a lot of the news and having a few fun Twitter arguments. I yes. Say. Yes. I clicked on my feed yesterday and I thought, <laughs> oh crikey! And then I went on a on a political page on Instagram Mm-mm. today and just scroll through the comments. Oh, there's Archie. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I, I guess around, I guess around. Oh, but I must say, do enjoy this. What should be playing is some Greek music. We do apologise for the audio quality of the music because unfortunately we didn't get it loaded in time. <laughs> so it was played off my phone into the microphone. But, you know, there, there we go. So enjoy our Greek spa music because we take you back to ancient Greece and the invention of democracy. And this is where we'd usually have a very fancy slide along to a pre-prepared interview with someone, but uh, our question of the week is, are we democratic? So what is democracy, Oliver? Do tell us. Well, democracy uh, commonly refers to two forms of government, the common form in which people have authority to choose their governing legislators, and the original form in which the people have the authority to decide on legislation. So one's more a direct form. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Swiss use more of a way of like, we have a Brexit referendum on every issue if we chose the original form. Yes. Uh, which would, would be interesting, I suppose. Or a, a referendum on Scottish independence. Yes, uh, which I suppose we might come to later. We might. We might indeed. But it's uh, epi- uh, etymology of it uh, comes from demos, which means people in Greek, and kratos, which means rule. Kind of, this is all from ancient Greece. And that's kind of where um, democracy came about, uh, which is quite an interesting system. And it exists arguably in most what we call the Western world, if we subscribe to that terminology. Um, arguably exists, because obviously that's what we're debating today. Does it actually uh, exist? Um, and it, it works, works as you described. We have we elect our representatives here. I think mm-hmm. Ironman is quite unique. Um complicated if you're yes. not from here and obviously with it you know with the three different chambers um obviously one of them is elected by the electors um and people have their views on that mm, they do um but the elected say well we elect them i do think at times though over here with our democracy is once people are in 
is that they don't always represent the people's views in the best way possible and they usually go on their own views. I do mm, think it needs mm. to be brought back to to the heart of that you're trying to represent everyone in your constituency and you've been picked as that person to represent not only your view, which is usually what it is, yeah, that most yeah. people agree with. Mm. Um, I think I think democracy this year on the Alaman, considering it being a, an election year, yeah. not only for mm. local authorities mm-hmm. but for the you know the whole island. I think democracy is going to be is really going to be really live and well. I think there's going to be more people voting ever um, than ever, and I think it's going to be younger people as well because of the awareness of COVID and how the government's responded, which has been a lot over social media, and especially over I think schools. You can you can now vote as well. Definitely, is, yeah. Get, get, get definitely if you're listening, just get out, register to vote. Most important thing yeah, you can I, do. I, I said to my friends the other week, mm. I said, you know, mm. there's an election coming up, you know, in September, and I said, well. The things that you believe in, you know, certain things such as mm, um, mm. drug legalization or um, I don't know other things, for example, um, anything. Um, use your platform. Use your platform. And yeah, say, use I'll your go, platform. I'll go and make my democratic yeah, decision. Yeah, because vote. Th- th- there will be mm. people standing that that vote for what you believe in. So use it. But other people um, as well think that um, as part of their view on democracy is by not voting that they are helping in a way i remember um mm. i think it was with brexit uh, someone asked the um i'm not sure whether she no longer is a sky news journalist because um she may have broken lockdown rules <laughs> but uh she was asked, oh yes i remember yes yeah, yeah. she was asked Kay burley um she was asked um did you vote and then she said uh no i didn't i I think she said that. I voted by not voting. But I, I think she... Uh, it's very complicated once you get into media because you either say, yes, I voted, but you can't reveal who you voted for, mm-hmm. or you just don't vote to void any yeah. impartiality because it's, it's, it's very... It's complicated with that. Mm-hmm. But but going back to voting, it's, it's kind of in the UK, which possibly something bringing into threat. The new voter ID rule is going to be brought in. I was in the Queen's speech. Uh, to kind of make you show ID uh, at, at your uh, polling station. Mm. And there was there's quite a lot of uproar from, from people say, saying that, oh, we disadvantaged the yeah, poor, yeah. and quoting loads of statistics which are very US-centric. But Well, well, I'm going to have to mm. say I, yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, it, looking at an article here, mm. which was, you know, it's in the, in the Queen's speech, is that um, 2 million voters could lack the necessary ID because... Um, of them being uh, lower down in society and or not wanting to bother to sort it out. And I think it, I, my personal view is, and I think it's for other people's, is that um, it's going to affect decades of, of what we've had in progress. And I think it is, um, it does it is the, the Tories. The Tories are, mm. are trying to use this as because, you know, they've seen mm. what's been going on in America um, to sort of... Um, affect it in a way so you'd say they've been put under is putting it under threat because mm-hmm. mm. uh, interestingly I, I i take i take a slightly different stance i think it's uh, it's not necessarily creating it's not it's creating yes arguably a problem which isn't there there are only a case, one case of voter fraud in the last election um but is there i think to solve and safeguard against future problems with that and the, the uk government has brought in um have said they will release free voter ID uh, to people. Mm. Well, they've said, um, and looking, it, in, looking into this, that when they're going to trial it, um, mm. they're going to just mm. use passports, driving licences, um, other things, travel passes. And um, in a research, they've said that um, 98% of adults already possess one of these I think it's IDs. N- 92.5% of just general population mm. Could do have the necessary idea already, and they did a study by the Electoral Commission did a study in the local election in 2017 to kind of give the feasibility. The voter ID is on the agenda for a long time, and I think 0.9% of people were just were turned away because they didn't have their ID, which is, I suppose it's 0.5% percent, but that could be then reduced with giving them free ID. So I think it might it does place slight restrictions on our ability to vote if we forget we suddenly say oh i forgot to um have my id but then to go into the shops to buy energy drinks you need id now to go and pick up your post you need id um it's quite necessary items i think the voter id could actually help by maybe giving the free version of voter id could be used maybe other means that could Mm. be something useful to give free id to people i think could be beneficial but we shouldn't mandate it 
as such. Well, I do think it's. I think it's that voting over here, especially on the Isle of Man, is defi- oh, here, definitely yeah. safe and secure. They don't even need to think about that. I think in the UK, it's definitely. I think it's a bit of a pointless policy. I think mm. it's a waste of time and it's a waste of money. I think money can be put in other places because clearly mm. there's going to be trials, consultations, other such things. That they, all, cost, they, all, they all cost money. They're, they're like cost paying. Money. They're like paying a consultant on top usually to uh, yeah. manage. Oh yeah, manage yeah. Uh, if yeah. it's the Isle of Man government, I could assure it probably cost more than the UK, but per well, capita. Well, I don't see why. Mm. I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but these consultations that the mm. government provide... And then um, don't listen to. Well, yeah, but they cost money, they do, don't they? Yeah. How, an online form. It, it, I Surely I, it's someone in the cabinet office's job is, is to do something like that, set up forms. I don't see how that costs money. There, there are, I, is it the I, I, research that goes into it? It can't be. The, the thing is, I can't, see, I can't see it being the research because you host it on your own website... Mm-hmm. Yes, you've in you've in-house IT already. The person officers already in their role. They're not getting, they're not being paid. You might get consultant in, but it costs. It does cost a ridiculous amount to do these consultations. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe uh, coming to kind of Isle of Man politics, we have an interesting petition system where uh, it's, we we don't accept online petitions, and they mm-hmm. said there's no need. But actually, in the modern day, we see most of the petitions which go out online. I know I, I've created quite a few. Mm-hmm. You don't create a paper petition because the amount of effort to go around, yeah. you don't have that bigger reach to actually hear the voices. But online petitions, very quickly, they share it to another person. I'm interested in that. I support that. Mm. By word of mouth, it passes the same as a paper petition. Definitely. But you can actually collate it. Um, yes. And yeah. you don't like it. But then, so how does it work over here? If you do an online petition, where does that go from from then? Well, Is online it petitions a... are, you can quote it. I, I spoke to mm-hmm. the, the clerk of the, of the t- house... Uh, of Timwald about it and you can apparently quote uh, the amount the online petition you can Mm -hmm. quote that in your petitioning statement to say we received x y number of signatures online usually maybe that's a bit of weight but it's usually discounted uh, per se and you have to actually have submit a physical paper petition With signatures right. on. Oh, it, it, the, the, the online petitions. That's why I don't. I've, I've neglected signing them now. Yeah, because they are. I've learned utterly. They just they don't do anything, which mm-hmm. is a real shame. That's so is a is a downside. Well, we had the problem, you know, like you say, you did a petition not long ago, and and this is another form of of sort of democracy in mm. a way. And and this is I'm going off on a bit, but on the way that the Isle of Man schools do things completely differently, oh, you had yes, you had yes. Ramsey Grammar School a few years back. They all or every student in the school. I don't know whether they still give it to Year Sevens mm. now or any mm. new students, but they got given a a water bottle that could be reused. Oh yes, I, I did a. <laughs> I mentioned yes. before, I, I did the petition. So does nothing. This uh, is the thing: yeah. the, the, the differences between each school. I know a local company sponsored the. Um, they did. I think it's Conister, Conister, Conister Bank. Bank from memory. Uh, yeah. Other banks are available. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but banking adver- so, advertisement there, Oliver. Mm, so you set up a um, a petition, mm, indeed, and mm. you got a lot of signatures. It is, and it's, in, it's school internal. Yeah, right? and but, if you got round, yeah. and if you got round to everyone, mm. then. You you know if you you manage to see every person and ask whether they like to sign or not you would yeah. have got probably a lot more. I, I, I did. I, I went to. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't manage to get around to them, but I did a paper t- petition, and it is, it's hard work to do paper petition to keep it all organised. Mm-hmm. But then again, we we see petitions, and arguably they don't have much impact on our democratic mm-hmm. system. We see in the UK, yeah. there's amount of petitions. Yes, they get a hundred thousand signatures. Yes, they get mentioned in part. The government gives a response to get debated in parliament. What comes of it? Well, it was like the nothing, exams. Nothing, it was like yeah. the exams. I remember mm. a lot of young people my age, and this is where and young same, people. Same last year, last yeah. year we signed we signed petitions to stop the algorithm. Um, it did, it did nothing. In the end, the algorithm mm-hmm. was strong. Yeah, but the, th- the thing is with these petitions is it takes several weeks. Like mm. they were de- they were mm. debating on whether exams would be cancelled after they'd cancelled them. You know, and it's like that's not got much relevance. So does does that mean we need some more of the original form of democracy, which I mentioned earlier, of more direct direct action with our politicians? Mm. I suppose it does. And as we saw in Brexit, it divides families, but it does have it does have its uses in that regard. Another example of Isle of Man politics is mm. the fifth of July, oh, yes. our national day, and you know you can. Um, the, you can the see way... the politicians go up on the hill, yeah. and, and read. It. They have to uh, proclamate the laws. They have to read out the mm-hmm. law aloud. Otherwise, it isn't law. Mm. <laughs> and that's crazy. when you can hand in the written yeah. petition thing, isn't it? Is mm. that the only day of the year you can do it, or is there other points? G- generally, it's the 
petition of redress is what what's, what's called on the 5th of July, Timwell Day, uh, where you submit it to the clerk of Timwell needs to be in particular order. So they usually help you, which is quite nice with the formatting, etc, etc. But you can submit a petition to MHK at different points and they, they if they choose to take it up, they can put, put forward like private members and can sponsor things within Timwell. So it's, it's quite, it's, it's, a, it's an intricate system, I'd say, over here. Um, but again, it it leads quite nicely into populism because we see um, that is arguably another threat, as one of our listeners ha- has said. Um, it is arguably quite a big threat to to our democratic nature because politicians create these big populist headlines which don't actually get carried through, or they, if they get carried through, they they're mm. mainly words. We saw that in the last election, lots of. Every politician nearly had an environment segment, but it was just there to have an environment segment. It wasn't there to have policy within it. It was, I care about the environment. It's like, it's like the steam packet uh, there out the window. Um, the steam steam packet um, say on their website, we're committed to the protection of the environment, yet they don't release anything on their environmental impact. Mm. So we see quite a lot of populism in our, in our society with like Donald, like Donald Trump and Boris Johnson. Yes, I, I suppose I prefer Boris over Donald. And they're not, they're not awful politicians in my view they do give like uh boris with get brexit done yeah they give very clear statements but the public doesn't really know we see that with quite a lot of all the mainstream politics now it's all focusing Mm -hmm. on very popular easy to kind of voter grabbing policy Mm. rather than the policy which uh, i think was like thatcher created which was a form of she got popular support for it but she said we need um hard hard policy we need to it will be tough but we need to do it for the better of a country. And politicians now are very at whim of, of the of the popul- populace. They need to keep the happy, happy policies out there to kind of gloss over um, the real policy, which is, I suppose, quite a shame. I think as well is where, I think where the problems lie as well, is like you say, we've come back to it there. You had a petition within school. Mm. Mm. It was the pupils and it's the facilities that they're provided with that they wanted changed. The excuses were ridiculous to why mm. to why it yeah. couldn't happen was it made, because it, it the made government 10, made pounds. because the government made profit the, the out of school, it. The, 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 school, the school makes it's the, the school, school that makes yeah, profit. Yeah, it's yeah. not the no, no the, the the government's like uh, it's interesting. You go to how how government works. I, I spoke to head teacher. Uh, we get told, mm, yes, speak to the government. The government needs to give more funds. The the I speak, you speak to the I spoke to Krajin at the time. Ah, yes, the schools need to speak to us. So they send you around in circles. It's back and mm. forth. It's like and mother said where... this, father said this, father said to see mother, mother says to see father. It goes around a loop and nothing gets done. I think. And that's this that, is where that's, that... and and this is a problem we see on a mm. lot of levels in the Isle of Man, and it's where you go to with. Uh, local authorities mm. having a lot of problems with, you know, um, central government. Um, but I suppose it's quite, it's quite interesting. The, the niche how it works, mm-hmm. and this um, is where I think time mm. and money is wasted. You mm. know, by figuring out what what's sort of got to happen, what's got to go on, and things like that in a way. But then again, <laughs> we are we are we're sitting here moaning about it. But again, luckily in September we have an election. We can go out. And and give all of of voices, and this is where mm. and this is where youths ca- can you know they make they an, can make say, an impact well, in school. You know, I think this, and I think you know, you can change. You know what you'd like to happen. But I think that there are again. We we mentioned social media earlier, and we have seen quite a lot of what we call wokeism. Uh, if you come across woke, it is. Uh, Google it. I'm not going to explain woke uh, because you, you should, if you don't know about it, you might as well Google it. Uh, but it's quite a lot of wokeism within kind of social media, which I'd argue does heavily damage our democratic the democratic system because it is what's driving populism. It's kind of what driving the, the students to do certain stuff, and they don't necessarily be, understand it behind it. It's very mm. like the rave of cancel culture. If you come across cancel I, culture, I, I feel like that in a way. Mm. In, in some things, I it's sort of like the. Um, I've, you've been talking about it on previous podcasts about yeah, yeah. the um, Israeli and Palestinian oh, yeah. problems mm. that are going on. I don't have much awareness on it, so therefore the best thing for me to do is to not to... Is, or, or to is, go is, read is, about is, it. Is, not, read not about it. it. Yeah. Read about it. Or if you don't want to read about it, don't comment. The, the, mm. And this is, where, this is where problems can occur, is from uh, people common you know, commenting and, and not being... And it just, it's, it spreads like wild, wildfire. Because I've, I've done for a few people's stories, they posted something, and out of interest, I just ask, why why have you posted... I've, I've asked them a question or challenged it, and they can't give me an answer because they they haven't researched it. It's the same with, um, they vote, people vote, because 
um, they they like they know the man next door is voting for him, and they think, oh, I'll just vote for him because people are voting for him, and that, that kind of is a threat mm-hmm. on democracy. Social media has had a massive impact, and media in general uh, has a ma- especially Murdoch's media, and then you kind of the left wing mm-hmm. media, you fall into this echo chamber of reading, and it just it just makes your views more of the same. Um, and I think that has a giant impact on our, on our system, which is quite quite interesting. I think. Um, but then we go to even limitations of freedom of speech. Um, I think have you come across in the uh, deplatforming? No. I oh, because heard of that. De- deplatforms in the, most of the UK universities, the student unions, very left wing. So yes. any right wing <laughs> figure comes to speak, they try they cancel them, they add protests, and they try and pressure whatever groups inviting them to leave to drop them. And UK government's now introduced a introducing a freedom of speech bill to prevent that happening, so that allowing people to sue the universities. That's taking quite interesting effect. I'm not sure you're, you're, what are your views on, on uh, deplatforming. Well, I think if someone has an opinion, and mm. as long as that you know opinion is 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 acceptable in in the ways it can be, you know, um, it's you know it's not offensive to anyone, then but so be it. And people. People take it. Uh, we go back to your point about offence. People take offence to literally any. I, I said the other day. Uh, I'll even I'll say this here uh, because it is my it's my view uh, that there are bad sides and good sides to colonialism. Uh, the bad sides, yes, outweigh the good uh, outweigh the good, but there are good sides to mm-hmm. it. And I got uh, I, I said the British stood for freedom. I was just talking about how British stood for freedom, and I got called my view. I obviously offended someone because my views were called abhorrent. Which is it's not a crazy view. Um, so going back to what's acceptable, who decides on that acceptability? Mm. Which is what other people. <laughs> exactly. It's what other people think, so isn't it? I, I think there's there's a level I can be challenged on social on on, on a plat- if I have a platform, I can then be challenged with what I view. So it's best for me to view those air, air those views, and then people can challenge me, and it might change my perspective. Um, but. Again, as long as it's not in my my views on acceptability is it doesn't incite violence towards someone. Um, I think that that oh, doesn't oppress, doesn't incite violence. That's my level. That's mm. anything beyond that. Say what you like. I can challenge you on that. It's fine. I think that the problem mm. is as well is is and have had it sort of before from people that aren't sort of um, politically aware of mm. of things going mm. on, and they just. Uh, it's it's sort of like that thing that you've had from from Boris. Uh, mm. uh, you know, he's been walking down the street and things have been said at him. And I've sort of had that thing in school. People mm. make judgments of where you sit politically Even, and I, judge I, you I, upon I, that. I'm sure I, you've I, had I, that. I, I suppose I, I apparently I dress like a Tory. Not that there's a stereotypical dress for a Tory because there are increasing number of people from all over the class system who vote Tory. Mm. And this is a um, thing. Yeah, I just it, get called. Uh, you get called. You walk into a room and that, uh, uh, and then you t- you talk for a bit. And they might ask you, "Oh, what party do you support?" And you say, "I I I'm a, a conservative." And they say, "Ah, I thought so." And you just think <laughs> they can make that judgment. So now I could say, "And I vote Labour," and they'll be shocked. They would have a totally different judgment because they put so much weight on political views. And I think it's quite well, fascinating. And I think the thing there is is where you come from this, mm. and it's sort of that labelling of. Um, of people think you know if you if you're far left if you're far right that you know there's there's a prob a problem with you I think people are entitled to those views and obviously if if people's views are then you know if they are far left or extreme far right or whatever mm. and their mm. views are sort of inf- inhumane then you know I'm I'm not going to sort of agree with that no, and I'm probably not the... going to think that they're the best person ever mm. but the 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 grouping that people do and and, mm. and talk oh tour you know things like that is where is where democracy mm. It mm. is you know what what your friends go for you know not might not necessarily be what you believe and this is where you know people are oh well they the, vote the, left the, there, I'm there's vote a threat left, you know? the, the, there's kind of a threat to our uh, think democratic thinking mm. um, it's kind of like now now there's almost like the Orwellian did you read uh, did you do, in English lit did you do 1984 yes you did uh, I was going to actually put that down as yeah because we, we we didn't do uh, 1984. Uh, we did Animal Farm, but I, re- I read 1984. And we're featuring almost, with, with social media and the, the cancelling and mm. kind of all the, the way of thinking, we almost thought crime is becoming yeah. a thing. You think something and suddenly... It's, it's like uh, I watched an interview, I'll mention this later, of David Starkey who got cancelled 
uh, for saying something which he just made a slip of the tongue. He made wrong words and he mm. apologised after. He said, yep, it, it was silly of me. It was late at night, experienced uh, interviewee, interviewer, but I made a mistake. I, it, it, was, it was silly of me. Um, you know, I made a mistake. And he, he got cancelled online. Um, and it's just like he thought he thought something slightly different it wasn't being inciting violence or anything and it's it's like like that and then we have the thoughts the way of thinking we all grouped to think it's like group think almost Mm. (laughs) they all think the same way I remember I remember Mm. when we were studying that book and the, the teacher did say I think it was either during or after the first lockdown which had been last year Gosh, how you know? Wow, don't you think this is a great time to be reading mm. this book? Mm. It's it's similar in its ways, and coming out of the pandemic, it's still similar. We're still seeing it being very similar, mm. definitely. So, what do you think, Oliver? Do we have a uh, democratic crisis on our hands of like our democracy being impacted by the fact that we've talked about? In some ways, there's slight problems, but for the most part, I think it's okay. I mm. don't. One thing I will say is I don't think the voter ID is necessary at all. Mm. Uh, that's that's so. Just would one that thing maybe pose a, a threat to our a, a democracy? No, as such? It, that that is one of the things because, like you say, they've said that it wouldn't be great for two two million people. Mm. Oh, interesting. I, I I personally share the view. I, I I have a slightly different view. I think it is slightly under threat from maybe pop, populism and the um, kind of freedom of speech being limited on. But I think. We are maybe edging out of it, especially with the new laws being brought up to protect freedom of speech. We are there. There's always been those who cancel, but I think it is being dealt with. So hopefully, we we're like in that rut where it's like it's like the tipping point almost. Mm. The tipping point where we could go totally over, and suddenly we turn into a very what you think is wrong society where you almost mm. think a certain way or we can come the other way in the curve it doesn't tip we, th- we jump over the mm. chasm um, and i think the alaman can can really do that in a sense because we are we are changing so yeah um, and obviously yeah. with the general election coming up things can change the uk is in a different sort of way mm. at the moment isn't it with you know there's going this election is going to be quite far away and obviously well, um, covid has, yeah. i suppose have a massive play yeah. but um <laughs> <laughs> we uh, ask our listeners to, uh, what they think. So we asked our listeners earlier in the week uh, on our social media. If you do ever have a view on the topic, we do post them. Do give us your view, and we do you do read them out. So uh, Jay says that indeed we are in a democratic crisis. Uh, populism, he believes, is the main threat. Just look at Turkey, India, even America under Trump, or the UK under Johnson, which I suppose is quite interesting. Uh, it's pointing out that kind of populist. Um, uh, we talked about this earlier. The populist policies have kind of maybe swayed the population kind of been uh like the get get brexit done slow all the slogans have maybe like make america great again they don't know what's behind i think that's been an impact and then we have a uh, enzo agrees um that it is again a democratic crisis and he says the power of the media especially social media platforms has grown to a kind of dangerous level uh, as has their role in political activists an example of this could be how social media companies censored the joe biden ukraine scandal which likely impacted the results of the election and there's numerous other examples a rigorous and free press and flow of information is required for democracy so i i, can, I guess what, what do you think do you think do you agree that we don't necessarily have a rigorous free press or our, our flow of information what do you think um obviously social media platforms these days can sort of can control what you put mm. out um but i think for the most part that you know freedom of speech is there mm. yeah I, d- I definitely think freedom of the press is there mm. um to to a certain extent because we can post what we like but there have been instances on twitter where we've <laughs> lights gone off in the next <laughs> studio it's getting eerily eerily dark in here there have been instances where um i know it's it, people have been removed off social media for I think posting will come to this later on news uh, how the um, kind of COVID might have leaked from a lab and Facebook suspended people over that uh, and now they've reversed that decision because it turns out COVID could have actually leaked from a lab and it's being investigated so it's mm. interesting they banned all discussion of it um, and then what did our fi- final listener say Oliver? Sorry. What did I find all this to say? Do, do um, well, Danielle says that there are countries in worse democratic uh, crises mm. than us, but doesn't mean that we aren't in one, mm. which is interesting. I suppose it's quite like the, the neutral view. We, we, we're we not in one, but we're not 
out of one. Well, I suppose we have countries, uh, I suppose we mentioned sites in the, like Mali has been a coup, coup d'etat. Um, we, we do face kind of a, it's an interesting time, in, in, interesting time mm. uh, indeed. So I think, I think it's, been, it's been interesting, the question. So we come to conclusion, we're, you're, you think we're, we're not, I think we are, sort of are. So do, do let us know what your views, what, mm. how we change your mind after this. Uh, uh, do, do, do enlighten us. I think that'd be quite, quite nice uh, to do. So now we turn to our historical political figure of the week. This week being William Pitt the Younger. Such an exciting title, isn't that? Absolutely. Uh, yes. It's like the Avenger theme music. We will one day have this as a posh, punchy uh, euphemisms from us, but. That wasn't so rich uh, due to the lovely phone audio played into the microphone. But William Pitt the Younger is our political figure of this week. He is the youngest PM of Great Britain at age 24. He went to Cambridge at 14. Uh, so he is quite kind of the youth leading the country. I think I find him quite interesting personally. Do you have any particular thoughts? Um, well, obviously, um, very young and clearly very intelligent. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I think it's um, going to Cambridge at that age is, is it's, it's, it's quite it's quite extraordinary. But he did interestingly use the uh, nobleman's son's benefit at that time of Cambridge, where you don't have to take an exam to graduate. Right. He did invoke that privilege, which was quite an interesting privilege. If you're the son of noble, you go to Cambridge, you don't have to sit the exams at the end. Which I suppose wow. I didn't have to sit the exams last year for GCSEs, so who knows? I who knows? Did but didn't did well. It's exams, but not exams. Yeah, yes. it's complicated. Mm. I think they were very similar. I think my my favourite thing about William Pitt the Young and our short feature on him was the sinking fund. If you ever come across it. Not sure. <laughs> it's all about uh, in economics uh, with the national debt. It's kind of to pay off. They were left in really like, 240 million pounds worth of debt uh, in his second term in office, <laughs> which at that time was an extortionate amount of debt. Crikey. So he made sure that any new debt taken on had a sinking fund created at like 1% of it, which then in theory pays off the debt and it makes money. It doesn't, it works on paper. If you look at the sinking fund on paper, do encourage you to do it if you want to spend an interesting evening. Uh, but if you do look at the funded paper, it looks brilliant because it works. But then when he tries to put it into real life, it doesn't. It fails miserably, which I think is quite interesting. So that was our political figure of the week. Uh, yeah, if there's anyone you want to feature, well, don't let us know because we won't be picking them. We'll be picking ours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, we do have the rundown of this news this week's news uh, with the lovely Manx Radio News theme tune. No, we definitely didn't pinch it. So, Cummings gave evidence to the Commons. The SNP released more independence plans. Boris got hitched. There's plans for a new royal yacht. Israel is politically potentially ousting Netanyahu. The IOM census is underway. And there's apologies to the steam packet, as well as China moving to a three-child policy and a coup d'etat in Mali. I couldn't quite fit that in in the 30 seconds of news theme time. Um, but yeah, there's not been a mass... There's been quite a lot going on this week, as usual, within the world of fast-moving current affairs news. Mm, absolutely. I think the most the happiest... The, the positive uh, headlines I think we can pick out from this news. It was nice to have some positive news as Boris getting married, um, as well as the uh, plans for the new royal yacht. Mm. Well, I'm going I'm to add in there. <laughs> First of all, obviously, congratulations to uh, Mr. Boris Johnson and yes. uh, Carrie, Carrie Johnson. Wow, that was interesting when the photos released. It's secret, Sarah, no idea. Yeah, yeah. and the yeah. funniest thing was mm. was how obviously. There's been a lot about spending recently with mm. the 10 Downing Street and how um, Carrie's dress to hire, which she did, £45. Did you know that? £45? £45. That's she, how much it costs. She, she is good at bargaining. Yes. Well, <laughs> maybe they've uh, sort of spread out 
the wallpaper and the dress, you know. <laughs> I know, that was quite interesting. But the new Royal Yacht, I suppose, quite quite nice. The name was after Duke, the Prince, Prince Philip, mm. Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, uh, God rest his soul. Mm. Um, but I think that, that is it's quite interesting, I suppose. Yes, well, mm. I'm going to add in there, and I do think that a, you know, a yacht is probably not one of the most important things at this time when we're going through a COVID crisis. And mm. then there's lots of other issues going on. But it does, it does promote British interest. Mm. It's, it's not, if you look at the whole cost of the UK budget, it's pennies, literally, of the, of the budget. So I think it, it's not necessarily necessary at this time. I don't think it would have been the right time to bought it in. I would have maybe... After we we are on track, I think with seven point two percent growth predicted this year, up from the five point five point two percent from the OECD. Our growth is going. We're going to come out of COVID better, which is quite good. But I think I waited till we've recovered before maybe introducing the uh, fund plans. I suppose. So we do have some interesting in-depth features this week. So COVID, COVID lab week, uh, lab leak. We mentioned this earlier um, in relation to Facebook shutting down any mention of it uh, three months ago. Mm. But what do you think? Do you think it could have come out leaked out of lab? Well, obviously, sort of December time last year, wasn't it? Mm. And um, I don't think it. I don't think it did. I don't think it leaked out of a lab. Mm. But then I I remember someone telling me about um, New World Order and things like this. I remember this was sort of this time <laughs> oh, no, last the, year. And... New World Order, is that an Illuminati reference Oh, I don't there? know. I don't uh, know. But, yeah. you know, I don't think it was. I don't think it was that way. Because hmm. there's been some interesting science released because scientists haven't been able to link those clear uh, transitions. between. They haven't found it in the wild yet. Mm. They haven't found those clear links of it going through other species of transition. It seems to just jump straight to humans. So it is uh, questionable. Probably it wasn't intentionally uh, released. I don't think most people would think it was uh, intentionally released because it's caused havoc, even for China. Um, But smallpox in 2008 and 2003 and many times before has leaked from UK labs, but it's being held just to research. So there is possibility that this is a research project um, just to see what it would do to human cells and it happened to leak. But I think it's good that discussion's being reopened on it. Yeah. So we have the ability to tweet about it, uh, Facebook about... What is the term Facebooking about it? Facebooking? Is it Facebooking about it? Or just I don't know. Posting on t- Like tweet, you have tweets, yeah. Instagram, you have posts, I suppose. Or, yeah. Or Who fleets knows? on... Have you come across fleets on no. Twitter? No. Oh, yeah. they released like a new stories feed. It's like Instagram stories, but for Twitter. A bit odd. They also, yeah. all, the, all social media networks like to link in. It's like all steal each other's features. Yes. Like they now all seem to have a TikTok function. Yes. Well, there we go. <laughs> it's quite shocking. Yes. We did. We do have a political TikTok. I don't think we use it. But you know. Who knows? Who knows? We could become viral superstars overnight with the algorithm. Perfectly possible. And then we have Cummings' evidence to the House of Commons. What What do you think of Cummings' evidence? What do you think of Cummings to start? Um. Well, I was a bit annoyed last year about the whole um, going for the eye test thing and sort of I thought, well, I know Archie's Archie's like desperate to come in now, but who knows? It's all a bit of a mystery in my way. I don't really want to... I don't know. I, I must mean, say, did, did, evidence you, did you not did know they quite... had a brilliant opticians at Barnard Castle? No. Did you not? <laughs> no, 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 seriously. No. You had to drive there simply to get the optic. I think, personally, he didn't break any law, but Again, he knows how to get out of stuff. He's he's a very I say intelligent man. He's a, he's a, he's the PM's effectively a spin doctor, mm, yes. uh, as such, with all the policy planning of how to play things on the media, which makes me disbelieve. I don't think I never thought he was the most trustworthy. Any spin doctor who's good at their mm. job, you can't be is not necessarily a reliable source because they're very good at playing with playing the words to make it seem in a certain light with sort of facts and still make it without misleading. So I think it's interesting he's now chosen this time to release all the information. And I've seen many people who I know last year were like, oh, I can't believe anything coming says mm. he's a pathological liar. Now suddenly coming out and saying, look what the government's done. They Guess who they give as a source? Dominic Cummings. <laughs> and I think you've said both things. You've said he's a pathological liar, can't be believed. And now you've said he, he is a reliable source of what Boris has done. 
well it's almost that hypocrisy uh, hypocrisy with it um choose one side and stick to it that's what i say or say i was wrong before maybe he wasn't such of a pathological liar but i don't know how we would know we don't know uh cummings as as a person He's quite a private individual. Uh, he does like his privacy. I know when he was going out with the Barley Castle League, it was quite funny because his press swarmed his house, mm. which was a bit... I think that's press... I I'm, I'm, uh, don't like press intrusion. Uh, he's not a political figure. So I don't think he's a public figure necessarily. It's so not really fair game. But there we go. We move on that. So do you think there's anything shocking about... Have ev- do you believe any of his evidence? Um, parts of it. Uh, mm. Sort of parts of the... Uh, Matt Hancock sort of comments. Mm. I thought mm, maybe those are true, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> they don't particularly like Matt yeah, Hancock. But no, I haven't. I, if I look further into it, I could mm. probably and go back a lot more. I could probably make some more comments. But yeah, nothing in particular. There wasn't. I don't think there's anything that, interesting. The media has been speculating on things. He's not. He didn't release any. I was listening to program on Radio Four. Uh, he didn't release any bombshells. Mm. He just. We, we, it was like all released ahead of time. He already tweeted about it and everything. So it's a bit just. It wasn't like, oh, oh, what's this new inside gossip on the on the government? Um, but I suppose with the government, the UK government plan does plan. I think they don't think a Scottish independence plan is is, is right for now. And I read a very interesting Scot- uh, Spectator article. I do quite like Spectator. They have uh, good writing alongside my other favourite, the Financial Times. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, don't, don't start shouting Tory at the podcast. Uh, but the uh, an SNP uh, has has claimed, uh, SNP MSP, quite a mouthful, lots of P's and lots of S's, uh, has claimed independent Scotland could guarantee couple a couple with children a minimum income of more than £37,000 a year. Um, but then interestingly, uh, the clincher, uh, he had then admitted that plans weren't costed. So he's he's made the headlines. It's populism. Uh, it's a perfect mm. example of it. They made the uh, statements that we can min- Scotland can maintain its funding. It can do this. It can do that. And when you ask them how it will be funded uh, beyond currently how the, Scotland is funded with all of its um, finance, which is from the UK, does give uh, balances the deficit. They haven't said how they would uh, how how they would would do it. I know the the uh, Scotland has had. I think about one point one point five uh, one half thousand pounds more spending per head than the UK, mm. yet it brings in less revenue. And how are they going to maintain that when they have a, I think a two percent higher GDP? To, they have an unsustainable debt ratio. So if they go independent, they can't fund what they currently have. And I find it very interesting how they say we'll be better off afterwards, but can't explain how. So I don't know, your, what are your views on, on SNP Scottish independence, that, that campaign? Well, I think, you know, if, if you know, if you're, uh, say we were a part of the United Kingdom, um, we, we'd probably want to sort of, you know, break, break off from them. And I suppose people would probably be more nationalistic. Mm. Um, but I think uh, for people in Scotland, you know, it, it they want to break break free. Um, but but do they want to break? If you look at the polls, interestingly, I think the polls, this is when I last looked, it was like 40, 55% uh, were going to vote no to Scotland becoming independent and 45 were. So it was quite, it's quite a clear split. Then the last vote was um, uh, quite, 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 quite pretty well split. Again. Yeah, I think a lot of people do want independence in Scotland because they want them to fry, thrive and they want them to be separate. But um, it's one of those things, I suppose, you just have to sort of, they have Wait a lot of devolved powers, though. Um, mm. Like they control their education, they control the healthcare, they control their taxes, etc. Um, but I, I, I'm not a fan of Nicola Sturgeon, as you've probably heard from the past. Mm. Um, but I think if they release a costed plan, I think they've, they always ask in the Brexit campaign. They ask him second referendum. The people didn't know what they were voting for. They were only giving yes or no. They weren't given a deal. Scotland, they're not planning on giving a deal already on the table for the referendum or the second referendum. Nicola, mm. once she gets her results, will go in. So I find it quite interesting the difference between Brexit and Scottish independence, both referendums. Yeah. So yeah. if they see a costed proposal, I think it'll be interesting. With these mm. referendums, can you see a breakdown of the, the areas in particular? You can, yeah. G- mm. Generally, yes. Uh, so generally, the Scottish borders are Scottish Conservative seats and they mm. are pro. 
UK because they're much more closely linked to the yes, UK because yeah. they're right on the border. And I suppose they more, travel more across. They're probably more a part of the UK in, in some ways, aren't Geographically, they? Geographically, arguably, mm. yes. Um, but again, the UK is the longest standing union. It survived, it's weathered a lot so mm. far. Yeah. So I think it, I, I, I support, I'm a unionist, so I, I, li- <laughs> I like the union. I think we are stronger together than we are apart. Uh and then I say that, and I also uh, am a Brexiteer. So, <laughs> controversial there views. Controversial views, uh, indeed. Um, but I suppose, are I, um, uh, vaccinations... Um, are vac- I am va- <laughs> vaccinations uh, are quite interesting. Um, I wait till the mini takeover. But uh, the, the I am vac- vaccinations, uh, we've had a break of two weeks, haven't we? Yeah. I'll sort of I'll go into this yeah. one a bit more um, because I'm, I'm I'm my mother was one of the mm. first people to be vaccinated. She supports uh, vulnerable adults, mm. um, so she was sort of um, up there in a way to uh, support them. So um, she she, uh, she was offered pretty much. It was the fourth of January, I think, when it was first sort of announced, wasn't it? Um, that I think that was when the first jab was put into an arm over here. They they, they said it was going to be before that, but uh, mm, mm. it was to do with the crown indemnity and stuff like that. And now we've sort of got to this stage, and now we're thinking, sort of a few weeks ago, it was raised by uh, mm. quite a few younger people um, about sort of the uptake in universities. Mm. And now we're getting to the you know, we slowed it right down now. And I think the young people, the people that move around, I know the old people are vulnerable and stuff, but yeah, two weeks break. I think the supplies are really low at mm. the moment. So I think they're just sort of uh, waiting for them. But yeah, no, it's it, it's it's going okay. Yeah. I think it's, it's quite interesting that we, I think most democratic countries, they have a, um, uh, they have a, uh, we have, a, I think, it's now twelve. They can get, they can get their vaccines from age twelve. Um, but it's it's quite quite interesting how now we can't we, we can't over here. So I think that that is uh, quite 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 interesting. So now now we move on to our guest uh, feature. Uh, Oliver has, has departed studio for a minute. Our guest feature, where um, it is our oh, just a minute version. On Pillars about well, we should have a guest takeover but this week i shall talk about how surnames derived from uh, taxation without repetition deviation or whatever that third one was from radio 4 so let me set my minute timer and um get on to discussing how taxation did derive from surnames so we know uh, interestingly our surnames did derive um from Richard uh, the Third's poll poll tax in the 1300s, and it was unsure at that time. Uh, before then, you didn't really have surnames apart from the aristocratic and noble families, and that was to kind of show the lineage. But usually had like John the Butcher or Bob the uh, Plowman or something like that. Um, but they did they 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 appeared um, in. Uh, our culture, mainly due to the poll tax introduction and needing to know who was going to be taxed, uh, especially as people started to move around more, you needed to be able to differentiate between uh, Bob the farmer in one city and J- James the uh, heritage breed chicken owner, I don't know why I mentioned that, in the other. Uh, so that's how they were originally uh, chosen, uh, so that by kind of Richard II's poll tax lists of the 1300s uh, and 81, they were then introduced so that was a brief overview i think a bit waffly i did definitely deviate re- uh, repeat and waffle there so do apologize uh it was a last minute thing to try and think about something to do with surnames in tax so yes your surname did come from taxation it came from the need to um tax you that's why it was introduced so i hope that was made some sort of sense uh, but now we move on to our recommendations. So 
So, Oliver, what are your recommendations for watching, listening and reading this week? Well, sadly, um, obviously with my exams and stuff, reading's not really been... Disgraceful, Oliver. Yes, Disgraceful. I know. I need, I need to pick up something. I, And everyone says, oh, reading is is great for you. You're probably going to say that to me. Reading is very not my thing I look most forward to. You know, well, re- I, reading I, news. Yeah, reading news think, is probably, yeah. is probably mm. one of the most... But reading an actual book and things like that, you know, they expand your vocabulary and stuff. But so I haven't been what reading much because of GCSEs and whatever. Um, so unless you want to read a t- GCSE textbook, then that's all I can recommend. But watching wise, it's been a while since I uh, first watched this. Um, oh, it, well, it first streamed broadcast broadcast. It was by the BBC. Ah, yes. Um, in twenty eighteen. And it's called Bodyguard. It's written, I have heard of it. It was written yes. by um, the same chap who um, pro- wrote Line of Duty. Ah, yes, yes. Who's supposed to be writing something new soon, which is a like a naval kind of thing. Anyway. I will watch them because like, the Navy is 100% mm. the best branch of the British military. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, I do think that... Um, the way that Boris has spent a lot of his money on um, the, the forces and yes. stuff and other mm. uh, nuclear weapons yeah. and all these other things. Probably not one of my most favourite parts, but I do believe that there should be an army and stuff. Oh, very good. Uh, I, I do think it's important with the threats that we do have from the East at, at the moment and sort of yes. earlier on last year. I do think mm. it is important, but I don't think spending lots and lots of money is is, is An is extortion the amount, thing. no. But I think it... And I do think... Mm. We'll go back We'll go back to the ship. I know I'm breaking off here, but go back to um, what we had, the... The, the yacht. The, the yacht. Yes. We've got... Um, more food banks than McDonald's, you know, mm. which is not great. No. But, interestingly, it does provide mm. jobs for British shipbuilders. Yeah. So it is almost... It is going, it's, it's not wasted it, it's, money. And, and it's exploring it. engineering yeah. and it's it's other things. I, I understand that. But I do think when we're, you know, when we're in when we're in times of crisis and and not even that, when, when, when other things are going mm. on and there's other sorts of... Cups and some... stuff. Then, then, then maybe we cannot sort of do something like that. But anyway, it's an a- absolutely e- excellent series, and um, of course, it's a political thriller. So, yes, indeed, with uh, the bodyguard uh, of the PM. Yes. So hopefully, mm. maybe we'll see more political th- thrillers by the BBC, especially after COVID. Have, maybe. Have you watched the In the Thick of It? Yeah, I, think I think I have. I think it's on Netflix Parts and BBC. Yes, I do highly recommend that as a series. Uh, Someone da- is series. not David Tennant. Um, uh, Peter Capaldi. Yes, uh, Malcolm. Tucker. I have watched yes. parts of that. It yes, is, it is hilarious. I, I do quite like that. Yes. How about listening? What would you recommend? Listening. Um, anything by the 1975 band. I've not listened to loads of their stuff, but I've listened to parts of it. They're quite a, a youthful um, sort of pop. Well, Seventeen music is so much better yeah. than 20, 21st century music. Yes. Yeah, the, the nineteen seventy five band. I think they're from Manchester. Anyway, it's it's catchy and it's feel good kind of music. And oh, that's what I may have to give it to listen. Expand my musical yes. knowledge. Yes. But yourself, Archie, what are well, your recommendations? for My recommendations for reading, as I hold up to our vision camera, is uh, this, which is the Daylight Robbery by Dominic Frisbee, all about how tax has shaped our past and will shape our future. I think I, I'm. If you haven't told, it's not Richard Riley. He is a comedian as well as a financial columnist. So he is, he is a, a superb writer. I'm still halfway through it, but it is. I do recommend a book if you want to learn a bit more about our history with taxation. Watching wise, I do recommend. I watched a very interesting video <coughs> in private study <coughs> of uh, it's about an hour long interview with uh, Dr. David Stark. It was is it was for my uh, mentoring to be fair. Ah, I, I, I think I mentioned it. Who but, are you mentoring? No, I'm not mentoring. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm oh. being mentored uh, oh. for PPE. But for Dr. Da- Dr. David Starkey, if you've heard of him, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, he's a historian, now cancelled. But it's David Starkey, I was cancelled, but I won't be silenced for speaking objective truth. It's on YouTube. It was a, it was an interesting mm. interview. I do recommend Archie's, it. Archie's um, all about cancelling at the moment, Archie. <laughs> what about not cancelling? Yeah, I've, uh, I, yes. I haven't heard about sort of, well, not cancelling. You're not for that. No, you, you think that's yes. a bad idea. But a lot of talk that I hear about cancelling and stuff like that is amongst YouTubers and, oh, and stuff like that. I, I find that form right, of uh, cancel. It's, it's just so... 
that, that that's turned the original form, I suppose, of cancelling. It's moved into YouTube now, and they do one thing wrong, and suddenly oh. they lose the subscribers. And I think, I, I, I have a problem with cancel culture, but I'm not going to mm. complain on that front, because make... I think they make awful content anyway. But the thing is, you make a mistake in life, yeah. and uh, people forgive you, you know. So you surely be this would ha- be the it's, same, it's, it's you not, know. It's, 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 once you make a mistake, everyone makes mistakes. We shouldn't be held to a perfect thing. It's just like politicians. And Boris is immune, really, to cancer culture because anything he does, mm. if he if he, if he uh, tackled five children down to the floor as he did in Japan, uh, his poll numbers would probably actually go up because uh, Boris is the and phenomenon I think, in that I regard. I think that is the side that that you know that mm. a lot of the left people like about Boris. His yeah. and and this is the thing he, he they don't is, like his policy, but they like his, his character. Yeah, quite funny. Yeah. But people, politicians for generations have been held for stuff they did in their student days. I think that's preposterous mm. because they weren't in private life then. They should be held accountable for what they do when they're in public life from when they started public life, not what they did mm. before. And then listening-wise, obviously I recommend you listen to Pilitabowl, of course. But if you are in a musical um, musical mindset to get away from the politics kind of subsiding quite a lot now, then I do recommend the fourth movement of Sibelius's Second Symphony. I've not if heard of that heard of one before. It is on my Spotify playlist called Excelsius, if you do ah, follow me. Excellent. Yes, yeah, so now we come to the part where we usually would have a guest mm. quizzing. But this week, uh, it isn't. It is Oliver quizzing me. Yes, yes. which I thought it... I, mm. I was like, am I getting quizzed or is that all right? I'll just quiz Archie then. So, Archie... I can quiz you after. Yes, there we are. Two-way, two-way. Right. Um, so, Archie... Do you know who is the longest current serving member of uh, Isle of Man Parliament? Is this Keys or Legco? Right, I didn't really think about Legco because <laughs> I just sort of thought, right, well, we'll go with Keys. We'll go with Keys. Ah, hmm, interesting. This is going to be a hard one because I don't think I know who's the longest serving member. I would guess Jim Watterson. It was actually. Graham Crajean to Dewan Watterson by 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Oh, yes, I think that's are. from when he actually got caught, voted caught in. in. Yeah, or, yes. Oh, yes. caught me out there, caught me out there. No, mm. I, did, I must I didn't know that. I thought yeah. it would be Dewan. I've, I've heard it a couple of times, that one. I thought, right, there's a question. I was thinking of things that oh. could sort of bring a bit of UK yes. and Alaman politics into play. Um, you're probably going to know this one. Um, but how many MPs are there in the UK? 650. Precisely. Spot on. I, I thought, oh, will he know? Will he not know? And when is the Isle of Man uh, general election? No, this is probably, I should know. It is in September, and I'm going to guess the 19th. It's a Thursday in September. But is it um, the 19th? I, that's incorrect, I oh. think. It's, it is a Thursday. Yeah. I think it's either... Let me think. I think it's either the 24th or the 27th. Oh, 23rd. 23rd. We both oh. got outdone by the powers of Google. <laughs> so they are 23rd go out and vote. I knew it was one of the, the, the 20s. Mm. Anyway. Um, next, we have how many politicians are there in the Prime Minister's Cabinet? Does this include junior ministers? Um, or is it just Secretary of State? I think it's Secretary of State. Uh, Secretary of State. It'll be in, I think it'll be so. in double. It'll be in less than twenty in Secretary of State. Oh, it might have. Well, more, junior. I think mm. it'd be twenty-six if it included junior. Well, I had twenty-two. Twenty-two, probably twenty-two. There we yes. go. Yes. Um, um, there were ten cabinets. Probably twenty, and it's between twenty-two mm-hmm. and twenty-six. It depends on the prime minister. Some made a point more, some point mm. less. Interesting. And lastly, yeah, I didn't get quite ten questions because mm-hmm. my thinking couldn't quite go that far. How many members of political parties were elected in the Isle of Man 2016 general election? How many members? Well, I know Laurie Hooper was elected, so I think mm-hmm. it is just... There are two, because it... there's two. Mm-hmm. Because Bill Malarkey... Was it Bill? Um, well, I think in... I think it was oh, at the time. Left. It was... Um, Julie Edge, she, Julie Edge, she yes. was yes. until she stood down later on, mm. and Kate Beecroft. They oh, were yes. all for Liberal Vannin. Ah, yes. So Liberal Vannin, there we go, um, are an Isle of Man political Quality. party. Yep. As obviously in the name, Liberal. <laughs> yes. Um, there's not an actual Isle of Man Conservative Party, no, is there? because there's probably enough Conservatives in government, thankfully. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And or most of the independents basically yeah. stand as Conservatives anyway. Yes. You know, they just don't put Conservative mm. under their name. 
Um, but yeah, hopefully this year, I think they the, the political parties are going to be quite competitive with each other to try and I think sort of in sort of in a collective mm. way place a person in each constituency for a political party. I think they kind of want to spread them out to create a more chance of getting political. Um, parties mm. into Timwald instead of having three for one area there's more chance of you putting them in what you well, know, I, th- one I think there are benefits definitely mm. to an independent system there's more continuity between and less, less polarisation but I think that that is approaching the end of today's well, it's, I must say it's, it's nice to have you on Oliver yes for yes, the first time first I've time. really enjoyed it exactly next week if you want to help we will probably have a guest on where we will be discussing feminism so that, that is our Excellent. topic for next week. Uh, we shall hopefully have a more gender-diverse uh, team with another person on who's not a man. But, you know, there so we to, go. To balance things up and actually up. get a, a female point of view. Yes. So if you do want to come on, applications are now open. Do let us know. T's and C's apply. You can apply on the website, Politbubble. That doesn't exist. Just let us know on our uh, handles at Politbubble on basically everything or Politbubble at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can hit out our other ones on maxradio.com forward slash podcast forward slash Politbubble. That's all from us here. You've been Politbubbled.